It's time for JT the Brick. JT. Woo. Hey, girls. How are you? Wow. I can go in 10 different directions today. Getting to know Raider Nation the way that you see them now, it's just different. JT the Brick. I think it's so important, especially for this new generation of Raider fans. Now we got something. Now we got some guys out of the tub, out of the training room, doing what they needed to do. It calms down the energy of the Raider Nation and saying, man, a lot of guys have been missing for a while. Where are they? And now they're back. This is, this is what the Raiders are all about. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as we open it up on Friday on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. as we preview the Denver Broncos coming up this Sunday at Mile High. Welcome in. We're brought to you by PT's, best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, and a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. And I went to the Vegas Golden Knight game last night. And, man, did I have a blast. I just want to lead with that again. Thanks to the Golden Knights. Thanks to my buddy Jamie who brought me. We sat in the lower bowl, had great seats, and I watched all of the Golden Knights play at a really intense level. They're playing an inferior opponent. No big deal there in Arizona. But the way this team fights for the puck, the way they play with energy – As they come together as a team here, I'm telling you, this is really special for all of our listeners, and I know it's a football show mostly, but we're partners with the Vegas Golden Knights here in our building. It was just fun. Hung out most of the game with Rod Woodson, the Hall of Famer. He churned the siren that starts off the game as Rod's the new XFL coach of the local team here in town, the Vipers. So we had a really good conversation about the NFL football, his goals in life, what he's trying to do as a head coach. It was great to catch up with Rod, who is not a top 100 player of all time. He's inside the top 25. So to be around greatness like that was really cool. And then the Golden Knights stayed right to the end of the game and had a fantastic time. So Bobby will play some highlights a little bit later on. We'll get into that. But VGK is rolling. I mean rolling. And you got to be thinking Stanley Cup here. I know that we all want to see that happen. Hopefully it'll happen at some point here. Mr. Foley, the owner, has put a lot of money into that franchise. I'm talking a ton of money into that payroll. they got to find a way to win this year. And they should have a high seed the way they're playing here. All right, let's jump into the Raiders. And this week, my topic was, let's quiet down the noise. Let's quiet down the noise from the Raiders for everything that's happened so far this year in the 2-7 and record. There wasn't a lot of noise. Really, the only noise was on Raider Nation Radio from fans and on social media, Twitter and everybody, even the trolls, even people that put up pictures of their daughters on their their profile page. I've seen people inside and outside the Raider Nation say things on social media that I want to repeat, I've never seen before. I've been with the team 24 years. Now, most of my 24 years, there was no such thing as social media in in regards to Twitter and all of that, but the last couple of years. So what's happening here is the energy of the Raider Nation is at a very high level. All of it is not good. Some of it's good, but everybody is pouncing. Any Raider fan you talk to, my dentist earlier in the week, the people that I bump into at the stadium, People in the building, this building, not the Raiders building, but when I go around and conduct my life every week, more and more people that I talk to have a strong opinion on the Raiders, stronger than they've ever had in Vegas. Most of it is not good. Some people are more controlled when they talk about what's happening, and some have an idea of exactly what's going on, which is roster. The roster is morphing into the roster for next year. 
but no one wants to hear about that, including here's me raising my hand. I don't want to talk about it either because I got a lot of content I have to fill after the Super Bowl, and most all of it hopefully will be on what Dave Ziegler's doing, deconstructing this roster and constructing a better one. But in the meantime, we got to win some games and some games in the division and some games that are really important. So as I'll talk about throughout the show, nothing brings me more happiness when it comes to football than sweeping the donkeys. Sweeping the donkeys, to me, is one of the great things in life because Denver, the Raiders are so in the head of Denver and have always been, even though Denver, quite honestly with you, the Peyton Manning era, the Peyton Manning era where they went to two Super Bowls and won one, if you look at that, and now what they're having, you know, even a little bit before Peyton Manning, the Raiders used to own this rivalry. Then Denver owned the rivalry. And now the Raiders have won six out of the last seven. And hopefully seven out of the next eight. But it really triggers the Denver fans. And I don't know what it is. You Maybe you can help me with that today. Should get Steph McKenzie on. She's perfect for this topic, Bobby. But the issue would be, yeah, put the bat light out to Steph McKenzie, Bobby, if you can. She's probably listening. If she's not, uh, reach out to her because she's perfect on this topic. Why does Denver hate the Raiders so much? What do you think, everybody? Because we don't care about the Chargers. Chargers had a great fan base in San Diego. None of them went to L.A. I mean, none of them. Like 16 of them did. So it's a brand-new fan base in L.A., and it's not catching on. But It's not catching on. So I don't even bring up the Chargers, and I bring up Kansas City because Kansas City has absolutely owned the silver and black on the field for the Andy Reid era, which is shocking to me because Andy Reid wasn't a great, great coach in Philly. He's a very good coach. Now he's in Kansas City, and he can't lose. I mean, the guy wins seven out of every eight games. The winning percentage is unbelievable. They're incredible under Patrick Mahomes. So I started thinking about this because I went on Big Al's show in Denver yesterday, and they are just all over the Raider gossip. They're interviewing me. What's McDaniels think of Waller? What's Waller think of Carr? Like, like it's girls, 14-year-old girls in middle school gossiping about a boy that just walked by. I'm like, what are you guys doing? I, didn't I come on to talk football? Are we going to talk about the matchups? No. No, everybody wants to talk about how bad is it, JT? You're in the building. How bad is it? And I go, it's actually pretty good. I walk into the building. It's spotless. Million-dollar podcast radio studio. Coach comes on. The GM comes by, says hello all the time. Everybody in the building is busy selling, 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 and doing something. And then on the football side, we really don't go over to the football side and sit down with the coaches and all that. Catch a little bit of practice, but the insiders and the journalists who go watch more of the practice than I do, and then I wait for the game. But what's happened this year is we wait for the game. Something happens on game day. Everybody seems to be ready to win. Everybody's really excited about the game. Everybody really expects to win. I want to make that point again. Expects to win. Expected to beat New Orleans. Expected to beat Jacksonville. Expected to beat Jeff Saturday. And then something happens in the game. Just one or two weird things. Usually, and I'll talk about this more next hour, it's a pre-snap penalty. It's a pre- It's first and 10, but oh, it's first and 20. How the hell did that happen? Because someone didn't do their job like they were doing at practice in Henderson. They can't bring that energy over to the game, the entire game. Devontae's talked about it. Devontae's talked about the fact of focus. Are they focused enough? So professional football players are usually pretty focused during a game, aren't they? They're not looking into the crowd. They don't have the cell phones on the bench. They're not looking at other things. They're not looking at the music on the scoreboard. They're focused on the game. And something is happening in every game 
that causes a play or two or a series or two where the Raiders have lost a game this year. I'm sick and tired of talking about how the Raiders should have five wins, minimum four wins. God, man, I've been talking about that way too long. And why the Raiders aren't competitive to finish off games in the fourth quarter. So I got a list of a couple of things that I want to talk about that has to be cleaned up with Denver. In the last game against Denver, the Raiders ran it for 200-plus yards. They were running downhill with Josh Jacobs because at that time, this offensive line was under tremendous scrutiny. They were under massive scrutiny on how are they going to get this offensive line to do anything because they had a seventh-round pick at right tackle, Illuminor's here, who's healthy and who's not. Everybody was worried about pass protection, so they ran it hard, and they ran it down the throats of the number one defense now in all of football. Something clicked in that game. I went back. I looked at the stats. I looked at some highlights that were up there on YouTube. I said it was a different Raider team. They were playing at home, and they were playing free. They were playing free and easy. The pace of Derek Carr coming in and out of the huddle was better than I've seen all year. The sense of urgency was there, which hasn't been there all year. Josh Jacobs was running hard, and everybody knew where they needed to be. Everybody. And the defense tackled well. Since that victory and everything that's happened since, this is fact, not fiction, the Raiders' offensive line is back to being a work in progress. Don't know what they're going to do. Have no idea what they're going to do. I think they'll be okay in this game because they're going to run the ball with Josh. Devontae's a beast. We knew that. But Derek now, since that game, basically doesn't run anymore. And that's in my notes here. What is going on with the quarterback when there's green grass or turf in front of him? And for whatever reason, he's not running. And I think I figured it out. It's Devontae. It's Devontae because when he's running with his head up behind the line of scrimmage, he's looking for Devontae. And he should be. But times Devontae's double covered and everybody has their back turned towards Devontae. And he could pick up 6, 8, 11, 12, 5 yards. He's not doing that anymore. So I think that's going to improve in this game because Derek's heard it, not from me. He's heard it from everybody. Like, where? why isn't he on the stat sheet? Why isn't there one carry for four yards? Why is it? What, he's not on the stat sheet. So he's got to get on the stat sheet in this game. It's going to be really tough to pass against this team. They have the number one red zone defense. They have the number one pass defense. They have the number one overall defense. Good luck going into this game saying, hey, we're going to play pitch and catch all day long. You don't do it against this team. The Raiders are the only team to score over 20 points on Denver the entire season. No one has scored more than 19 on the Raiders uh, on, on Denver except the Raiders who scored 32. So now they have tape to look at. They should be encouraged. Everybody was gossiping in the locker room if there was any about who's doing this, who can't get out of the tub, who's not practicing as hard as they should because they're not showing up in the game. All of that should pretty much be behind us, everybody. Because the owner, Mark Davis, came out and gave his support to the head coach. It seems like Devontae and Derek Carr have been talking about it and says that's a great thing. Everybody seems to be getting along. The writers who are looking for gossip and who are trying to stir the pot, they're not going to go away. But hopefully the writers don't give them a lot to stir the pot with. Hopefully there isn't a meltdown. There's not an argument on the sideline. I don't see it coming, but you never know. So the Raiders now have to go back to playing football, as I talked to about with Phil Villapiano. Just go play. I said, Foo, what's going on with this defense? How come no one can get to the ball? JT, JT, with his, with his New Jersey accent, JT, they just got to play. 
They've been playing football their whole life. They played in college. They played on the greatest teams. All they got to do is just go out there and find the ball and tackle. That's good advice. Will Patrick Graham let them play a different style, or will they stay with this soft coverage? There's like a pillowcase 15 yards in the middle of the field. It's just as soft as I've seen since I've seen the Raiders play. I've never seen a defense and it has some talented players. Mad Max is the best play, one of the best players in the league. Chandler Jones, even though he's not playing well, has a Hall of Fame career going, which he needs to get back on track. Perryman is very tough, very tough, and a nasty man. And Nate Hobbs is a great player, but he's on IR. The rest of the guys, the rest of the way, need to show the Raider Nation that they can tackle violently. That's going to be a term that I use here going through the rest of the season. I'm talking destroy people because if you give someone 10 yards cushion okay something's wrong you're either worried about the guy behind you or you think something's going to happen so you're playing off with that player once that ball is caught you better run your ass to the ball and take that guy out I'm talking like you know a 10 yard head start when you're coming after someone I don't see any of that I look back at the tape I watch all the games twice that's what has to happen in the Denver game and I think it will Because I think the noise is going to be quieted when they land in Denver. They're going to be in the team hotel. They're going up against an AFC West rival, and they're going for a sweep. And I think that will bring the energy and the focus and the body language that you and I have been looking for all year long. And I think we're going to see that in this game. So I'm very excited about this game because I need to be excited. I don't need to be negative on a Thursday, Friday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm doing Raiders radio. I want these to be victories. I think there's upside coming in. I love the potential sweep. So if you're going to call in this hour, because we're pretty backloaded the next hour, 702-365-9200, what's the one key to this game? And I don't mean the Broncos. I don't want to hear about the Broncos. What's the one thing you need to see from this team? You need to see from this team on Sunday at Mile High where those fans hate you. They hate the players. They hate the coach. And somebody better take it out on someone. Somebody better take someone behind the woodshed and take someone down. Preferably the quarterback who has this model singer wife and he's like a celebrity now. Oh, and he doesn't run either anymore. He's going to run in this game. That's my prediction. That's my prediction. He's going to run in this game because he wants to beat the Raiders. He doesn't want to get swept because if Russell Wilson gets swept by this Raider team that's had only two wins, the temperature in the kitchen for Russ is going to be close to unbearable in a new market where he's helping out the children's hospital, making donations, doing everything right. They don't like him. They don't like him, and they don't like their head coach, Nate Hackett, because unlike Josh McDaniels, who understands down and distance, the clock, and all of that, Nate Hackett doesn't. He doesn't know where the clock is. He doesn't know how to get the plays in. That's not a problem with the Raiders. The Raiders' problem is execution. The problem with the Donkeys is they don't prepare well, and they don't execute, and they have an extra win, more wins than the Raiders. How is that even possible? Right? So we're sitting here scratching our head going, they're a mess. You know, the Raiders have some good things going for them. Devontae, Josh Jacobs had those three games this year like he was Marcus Allen, right? All that went on. Now we have to see that in this game. Are you with me? Are you with me for something positive? We need to see toughness and pride and poise. That's from Cisco, president of the Black Hole Vegas. JT, we need to see toughness 
and pride and poise. I agree. That's the show today. That's what I got today. Nick in Long Island, where I'm from. Long Island, New York. Hello, Nick. JT, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. What's happening? Not much. I haven't had a chance uh, to call in in a while. Listen to every show, but it's just not live. That's why um going to have to go on a rant, long one, if you could bear with me. Um, I, I think a lot of people, they want they keep bringing up last year and, and 10-7 and, and this, that, and the other thing, the coaching staff. People fail to realize that this team has had this issue for a while with finishing games and playing better when they need to play better. They started 6-3 and three in 2019. They started 6-4 and four in 2021. They started five and two in twenty twenty one. I'm sorry, six and four in twenty twenty. They blew all of those leads that they had. They blew double digit scores in all those games. They wound up winning them. People talk about last year. They blew how many games last year that they had to win in the end because they had the second or arguably the best kicker in the league without Carlson. They don't. They don't have any of those wins last year. So the same things are happening this year, except you know a guy doesn't want to fall on a ball with nobody near him, ten yards from him. They, the guy wants to drop a touchdown at the end of the game last week. I mean, the Chief game, they get hosed on a bad call with the uh, holding on the field goal. All these all these things, these six games that they lost by one score, there's no difference between them and last year besides just making the plays when they needed to matter. Nick, I got that. I got that. What do you need in this game in Denver? Give me one thing you want to see from this organization, this team, from the coaches and the players. That's the show. Um, <laughs> No penalties and score okay. more points. they got to score points. That's it. Thank you. Appreciate it, Nick. Good to hear from you. Thanks for streaming us and listening to us in New York. We have we have a streaming service here at Raiders.com and on the mobile app where people are Raider fans are listening from all over. The monologue brought to you by Remy Martin, team up for excellence. My good friend Tori is in studio here. He brought the Westland Whiskey Chocolate Chip Pecan Pie. I tweeted it out from Freed's. It's insane. Now, there's a little bit of, uh, I'm not going to have it here because there's a little bit of alcohol in it yet. And, you know, I reward myself at the end of the show, and the show is just starting. So we'll dig into that. Uh, Remy Martin, as we get going here, our proud partner. And Tori's going to tell you all about what they have going on, and especially Enchant at Resorts World, which is easily the biggest magical winter Christmas holiday event easily in town. Nothing comes close to this. It's going to be unbelievable. He'll join us next. And then Vic Tafer at the bottom of the hour. He's got a lot to say from The Athletic. Petrangelo, Eichel again, right circle, looking left. Marcheseau dusted off and shoots off his stick in the slot. Eichel recovers. Petrangelo fires it home. One-time shot on the power play. Vegas takes a one-nothing lead. That was last night. What a game last night. I just love going to the Vegas Golden Knights games. The atmosphere walking in, walking out, fantastic. We're brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. My good friend, Tori, and I mean good friend. Tori and I go back well over a decade, decade and a half. He's our partner here. Thanks for coming in studio, bud. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, amazing what you guys do for us. We would not have this opportunity on the radio without you and everything that you do for us. Uh, Tell us exactly what's going on, because tonight I want to get into these activations. First, what's Khalifa tonight at Dre's? Remy Martin. Yeah, no, we've got, uh, we're partnering up with uh, Dre's tonight with Wiz Khalifa. We've got uh, the Remy Martin uh, deals going on tonight. So if you're out and about and want to see a great uh, show, 
uh, live concert with Wiz and and get some great bottle deals. We've uh, Remy's going to be there tonight. So. so so good bottle deals. Oh yeah, with the Wiz up oh, top. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, Enchant at Resorts World. You know we're a partner with Resorts World along with you. So tell us all about this because you have a rum shack there featuring Mount Gay Rum, the Botanist, Remy Martin, seventeen thirty eight Cognac. Tell us about the concept and how Resorts World and you are partners. So this. I mean we've been partners with uh, Resorts World from day one. They they're they're a fantastic partner and uh, so. When they came to us on this, we were 100% on board. Uh, we actually have a rum shack uh, on the property. Uh, in w- once you go through, uh, you go through the lights. Uh, there's a whole section of lights, and then you have the skating rink. But they also have a food and drink section where you can actually go and have, you know, uh, Mount Gay cocktails, uh, 1738 cocktails, and botanist cocktails because you know, taking your kids out skating and and dealing with all the crowds, you know, you're going to need a little. Uh, so a this is kind of like a babysitting hut. Like it you, is. the kids are skating, and the adults can kind of find the rum hut and have a good time, and then go back. Their kids are safe; they're at each end. Yeah, and then you get as, out of there. Just as long as you're not driving home, you know, intoxicated. Yes. So you know, drink responsibly when you're taking your kids out to holiday festivals. Absolutely, but, uh, it's a great place to take you know the wife or or the girlfriend or wherever. I mean, it's 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 a great it's a great feature. It's huge. I now, mean, well, how is this thing so huge? Because I remember it in the past, and now Resorts World has the size to do it. And explain to everyone what Enchant is and how big this is. Well, I mean, it's 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 just a very large uh, entertainment show. Um, you've got the the you know the the Walk of Lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the skating rink is not actually just like a round oval. It's actually like a lazy river kind of format, where you you know it's a it's a track that you go on that's mm-hmm. really great. Uh, and then, of course, you can. Uh, they have shopping. You can buy Christmas gifts, and of course, all the food and drinks wow. and everything as well. So, all right, Tori's in from Remy Martin. What about the Super Bowl? I know uh, you guys are stepping up this year for two big, uh, one big ad. Uh, you got a couple of ads. It says, but this is the second year in a row that Quantro will be involved with the Super Bowl. Tell us exactly. about that. So this is our second year now uh, having ad ads in the Super Bowl. So we'll have uh, our Quantro ads again. And then again uh, with uh, Remy Martin. So this will be Remy Martin's first time uh, doing Super Bowl ads. Wow. And we're super excited about it. It'll be in the first quarter. Uh, so, you know, watch out uh, for that. I haven't even seen it yet. They haven't shown us. So, I mean, it's, it'll be a surprise for us to come uh, game day. There's nothing bigger than a Super Bowl ad. And today you brought in the Westland Whiskey Chocolate Chip Pecan Pie. What is this? I mean, this so, is Freed's on top of it. Tell us about that. For those who need a pie like this, you have to get one for Thanksgiving. This is a must. You know, if you really want to drown your sorrows from, uh, you know, the Raiders' losses, this is the way to go. Uh, this is an actual Westland Whiskey Chocolate Chip Pecan Pie. We've teamed up with Freed's. This is our third year in a row. They actually use our Westland Whiskey in their Chocolate Chip Pecan Pie, and it is by far their number one selling pie for the holidays. Um, it's very limited, so mm-hmm. you, I mean, you can own. There's two days to pick it up: November 22nd and November 23rd, Wednesday uh, and Tuesday and Wednesday mm-hmm. uh, for Thanksgiving. And uh, I'm telling you, you cannot go wrong with this. It's just, you know, once you are once you're able to dive into it after the show, you'll you'll know what I'm talking Absolutely. about. But it's happy wife, happy life. No doubt about that. This is coming home. Hey, you're, we're, a bit, we're, a bit, we're great friends over the years, and we go to sporting events together. My buddy Tori in studio from Remy Martin. So you took my son and I to the Washington-Arizona State game. We had an uh, unbelievable overnight trip. Got a chance to see my son, and your Huskies won. Your Huskies lost, lost to a- ASU when, yep. when the Huskies were ranked 16th. But beating Oregon... 
Best game of the year. Best game I'll of the year. I'll take that all day long. So you will take the Oregon win uh, and forget I will take about the, Oregon the ASU win all day long, Especially at Oregon. Uh, that, that was the most incredible win last week. And uh, hopefully we don't have a hangover coming this weekend against Colorado. But, you know, Roman Dunes, uh, yeah. Dunze, who's a Nevada native. Bishop uh, Gorman. He has a chance to go over 1,000 yards this weekend against Colorado. So I think that's going to happen. And then, of course, the following week we've got the, our dreaded uh, – in-state rivals, Washington State, for the the Apple Cup, which, yeah. Yeah, so finally, we wrap it up with Tori. If he's in uh, town, he's in here, he's a local from Remy Martin. Finally, you could help me out today. You're a diehard Seahawk fan. Diehard. Diehard. During the Russell-Wilson era. Bye. You're one of the many, you're one of the many, including our buddy and mutual friend Todd, that you love this guy. He helped you win a Super Bowl, and I've this fan base is done with them. You don't. You you root against them now in Denver. Tell Absolutely. me about that. No, I I I root. You know, he was a good guy when he was in town, but I mean, it just all became about him, and it's it's good reason we needed it. We need a restart, and who would have known that Gino would be Gino? And I'm loving it. And we get Denver's first pick next year, and I hope they lose. Every single game for the rest of the year. Did you hear that? Seattle gets Denver's first pick. So clearly you want Russ to lose out. Tank the whole I, I hope the the team just goes against them like they already are with all the news coming out about him and his audibles and nobody understands what he's talking about. It's just it's it's music to my ears. You know, last thing on this with Russell Wilson, I always say if you ha- if you don't know an athlete, if you don't meet an athlete, you know, you can only judge him so much. But I ha- I've heard so many people, especially my buddies on the radio, up there on KJR say that Russell Wilson changed so dramatically the last two years in Seattle. And you're a season ticket holder. You, you agree with that? Absolutely. It actually changed when he got married to Sierra, but I, that's, I'll, I'll save that, save for, that another, for the podcast. Another conversation. Save that for the podcast. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks for being a partner. Thanks for coming in studio. Thanks for having me. Appreciate and it. You're not only a partner, you're a great friend of mine. Thank you for everything you do for me. Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. When we come back, we're going to have Vic Tafer plus your phone calls to the top of the hour. The motion I want from you today. You know, he put Devontae in motion. What I need from you today is the expectation you have in one category for the Raiders against the Broncos. Is it body language? Is it quick start? Limit the penalties? Attack, throw the ball in the air, or pound the ball with Josh? A couple of options here as we get you ready for the Broncos. And yes, I'm predicting the sweep. The sweep of the donkeys. Abdullah is the tailback. Snaps to Carr in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae the 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown Raiders. Derek Carr on the run delivered a strike. And Devontae did the rest. Raiders back in front on a 48-yard touchdown pass. Well, Jason... Jason Horowitz on the call. Lincoln Kennedy. You'll hear Lincoln with Q&I coming up on Raiders Roundtable a little bit later on in the second hour of the show. Vic Tafer, kind enough to join us, the great insider from The Athletic. Vic, let's start with the noise. I don't get a chance to go in the locker room after games. I'm hosting the postgame show. When the locker opens up and you've been in there after these last couple of games, what has the atmosphere been like? Uh, yeah, frustration, I think, is probably the, the, the big word. I think, um, obviously, we saw Derek Carr kind of break down the podium afterwards. I think uh, Devontae Adams also kind of questioned 
some of the buy-in for some of these guys. So I think there's kind of just question marks, and obviously they don't think they should be 2-7, and seven, but they are, so a lot of questions, a lot of frustration. Yeah, I think a lot of fans are confused about the buy-in. Is it the buy-in from practice, which seems to be there, and then something doesn't happen in the game, so everybody assumes it's a buy-in? I'm trying to get this because, to me in my life as a sports fan, buy-in's always been about dedication, getting early, staying late, more time in the film room. Could it be any of that? Yeah, I guess. It's not really saying exactly what it is, but I think it is practice. I think it's in terms of what they're doing. Also, I think you can watch some of those plays in the field on Sunday. Maybe there wasn't maximum effort in every play. I think the, the Matt Ryan run looks like there's some guys were kind of jogging. So I think it's a combination. I think um, you know, some of the guys from last year, I think, thought they're a much better team than they are right now. So Adams definitely came here thinking they're a playoff team. So they're just trying to figure out why they're 2-7. And, and for Devontae to speak up, and you've talked to him and interviewed him, what type of energy does he have when he's upset the way he's talking about this now, defending, defending the head coach? then obviously there's some players that don't have the complete buy-in that he would have. For Devontae, do you see something brewing with him on a leadership level there? Because he's a captain, but he could be the face of the franchise. Tell us about him. Yeah, he's good. He definitely um, he, he thinks we, we, we won't say it. He, he walks through his head a couple times where he says it. I think he definitely is uh, he's sincere and kind of direct. And he, kind of, uh, he realizes that the, there are problems throughout, not just the players, but maybe in terms of the scheme and the coach and the players not being on the same page sometimes. But I think he's trying to figure out. He still is keeping a, you know, a bright outlook. I think so hard work will pay off at some point. So definitely a guy who's become a leader in a short time here. Vic Tafer joins us from The Athletic. He's one of our insiders here. joins us every other Friday. Uh, the pre-snap penalties, when you talk to the coach about that or players, really how could you correct that? What are they doing during the week to stop that? Because it's killing them early in games. It is. It's been a focus. Even you remember back in training camp, that's all he talked about, the penalties and they didn't have a lot in the preseason games, but it shows you what those games are worth. So all you can do is keep, you know, keep harping on it in practice, keep going through repetitions, and hopefully at some point it kicks in. But I think part of that is they had a lot of turnover on the O line for the first two months of the year. So that's also, I think, part of it. The guys are hopefully getting their feet under them, and ideally it gets better the rest of the way. Uh, Vic, what are your sources telling you and your contacts in Denver with what's happening with Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett? Overall, the defense is lights out, number one defense there, but the offense continues to struggle. I don't expect it to struggle for much longer with Russell Wilson. He's a hell of a player. Eventually, he's going to find his groove. That's what I thought. I thought, you know, it came out of bye week last week. It might be a lot better last week, but it really wasn't. The same, some of the same issues. Not Looks like uh, the scheme, again, is not a match to the, to the quarterback. I don't know why they got Russell Wilson. They're doing different things in he was good at it in Seattle. So I think there's definitely a disconnect between the coach and the quarterback. But, uh, you know, I think he's a professional. They both are. So, like you said, there's some talent there. He's got to get it together. And I think they're thinking this is a great week to do it against, against his Raiders defense. Hey, Vic, finally, forget SoFi and the Chargers. It's too new. But between Kansas City and Denver, when you walk into both of those venues, what's the difference? Is Denver more intense? Is Kansas City? What's it like when you cover the team as long as you have when you go into Denver? What jumps out at you? Good question. I think Denver's pretty on one more laid-back crowd. I think definitely they're both good ambiances, but I think Kansas City's more kind of in-your-face and just kind of there's a – plus they're doing better, so I'm sure it's easier to be more fired up. But, uh, yeah, the Denver crowd usually takes a while to get going is my, my recollection. There you go. Hey, Vic, have a great Thanksgiving. Appreciate everything you do for us. Safe travels. You too, bud. Take All right, Vic Tay for joining us from over at the facility. He's kind enough to step out during practice, give us a few minutes there, and – 
You know, I think Russell Wilson's eventually going to figure it out. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is not playing well. He figures it out. Tom Brady wasn't playing well. He figures it out. Russell Wilson isn't going to suck everybody for five years. Everybody's, like, panicking in Denver. Even if you don't like Russell Wilson, you know eventually it's going to pop. He's going to play well. He's played great, not well for most of his career, and now he's really struggling here as we get going. All right, let's get out to Fish in Berkeley. Fish, what do I got to do to win this one? Go ahead. JT, as a typical Raider, I'm going to bend the rule slightly. I'll give you one key per side. Special teams, we need a stinking score, whether it's a fumble recovery, block punt, or return even. How about that? Now, on offense, it's Steve Miller band time. Take the money and run, run, and run some more. We're going to run it down their throat. Now, the best for last defense. Last time we played the Buncos, Amik Robertson got insulted when he slipped. And he took it personal. He took it personal and he punished them. Scoop and score. So on defense, I want the entire squad to take it personal. F the Buncos. Get a turnover. Make them pay. I want to see foaming out the mouth and attitude. Attitude on defense that we deserve to be here and we deserve to win. Not only do we deserve to win, we demand to win. That's what I see. One key each phase of the ball. Show up, show out, and hard. Just win, baby, when you go out. Raiders. All right, Fish. Appreciate that. Nice job. Special teams. So one of the conversations I had with Coach McDaniels when we were done taping this week, he sat in the seat for me for another two minutes, and he was talking about A.J. Cole. And, you know, we didn't get a chance to get him into the show, but we were talking, and he says this is a big game for him because at times he outkicks the coverage. You know that term. You can't do that in Denver. You can't. Denver's weird with the wind, and you can you can kick a punt that goes 65, 70 yards in the mile high. He knows that the special teams is very important, very important to Coach McDaniels in this game. It could make or break the game, just like Fish said. Let's get out to Robert right here in Vegas. Always good to hear from you. Go ahead, Robert. JT, privilege to be on the phone with you, man, and you're bringing the energy, and that's what the Raiders need to do. It goes, takes me back to the 1977 AFC Championship game. Heartbreak that I'll never get over when Kenny Stabler threw five interceptions, and, of course, the Raiders are the defending Super Bowl champs. They go in there, and Rob Lytle fumbles the ball on the goal line. They don't call it. Red Miller beats the great John Madden. They go in, and uh, they lose the Super Bowl to the Dallas Cowboys. The, Cowboys, the uh, Raiders should have been there. Man, it still hurts to this day. The... Uh, the Broncos are in disarray. We got to keep them down. Uh, great teams keep uh, bad teams down, and the Broncos is a rivalry. We understand that. What the Raiders need to do is stop going with an honest four-man front, because when an NFL quarterback gets to the line of scrimmage, he sees a pre-snap of four men uh, down in the soft cover two. It's a seven-on-seven drill. We got to come from the weak side. We got to bring it. We got to gang tackle, and we got to make plays. And uh, no more excuses. We can't have people step out of tackles. And mm-hmm. that's what's been going on all year. The Raiders don't tackle well. they got to start tackling well. This game, they can beat a team that's down. they got to bring the energy that you bring on the radio. But they got to make plays. Hey, each, Robert. Hey, Robert. Play. Very quickly, you mentioned the Rob Lytle fumble. I work with the crew at the Raiders Life. They're doing this amazing documentary series that's going to be released. I'm talking at the highest, highest end in sports. Very quickly, again, you're claiming, and you're right, if they, if they got the Rob Lytle fumble and it was called for the Raiders, which it should have been, that's a Super Bowl stolen from the Raiders. 
It is. It, yeah. it, it didn't happen late in the ball game. I think Willie Hall t- took it back uh, and they uh, for a touchdown they, and, and they called it back. Yeah, but uh, it, it was a game that the Raiders should have won. Stabler threw five picks. It was just terrible to watch, man. Twenty to seventeen. But yeah, that right there is yeah. probably part of the reason, along with the Renfro pass to Renfro, is the reason that we have. Uh, yeah, instant yeah. replay. That was a huge play that turned the Raiders' fortunes at that right. time. You know, and of course, uh, it is what it is, man. All right, my brother. Good to talk to you, man. I hope to see you soon. Okay. Riding boys. You got it. Robert checking in. He, he used to come to my Monday night football shows at the Gold Coast back in the day. He'd walk in. He's a he's a deepster. He's a heavy, heavy, heavy duty Raider fan in Vegas here. So let's keep going again. We have Rod and San Jose on the Raiders mobile app heading into the uh, Bronco game. Go ahead. JT, man, I'm so excited about this game. This is going to be a, a rivalry game atmosphere. Uh, the Raiders have been through an re- emotional roller coaster. When they walk into Denver, teams are going to be born at them, cursing them, and it's going to galvanize the team. It's going to bring the team together. They're going to get that, that team spirit, and they're going to go out there and do what they're supposed to do. I think something good. I think what we need to do, we need to get the, the Bronco fans booing at Russell Wilson and the rest of the Bronco team by getting some hard sacks, on Russell Wilson and getting Josh Jacobs to run that rock, man, and getting and turning those fans against the Raiders um, to on, on the Broncos. We're gonna get this win this week. It's gonna be uh, the beginning of something good, I think. JT, you watch. Yeah, I'm gonna thank call you. back when it does. Yeah, you call yeah. me back on Monday. If I had a dollar for every caller that said they'd call me back. After they said something, I'd be a billionaire. So I want to. I want all you people to call back when you make predictions, right or wrong. Uh, this year has not been a good. I'm not in the prediction business. I don't go on shows and predict wins and all that. I want to see the Raiders win every game, every single game. All right. I want them to win it big. But now they just have to get a win any way they can. And one more point about this: you're hearing a lot of fans calling. They want to see more. They want to see more emotion. They want to see more physicality than most overused word. Didn't exist 10 years ago. Now everyone says physicality, right? You want to see that in this game. You should see it. You deserve it. These are highly paid men, really highly paid, some of them, like enormous, to play about 29 to 30 minutes, right? Say you play on offense for 30 minutes. You take out all the time the Raiders are in the huddle, wink, wink, and they go, take that out, okay? Then you're talking about playing 15 minutes a week. Now, it's a lot harder than that. You practice, you're in film study, you're getting treatment, you're playing banged up, we get it. But the emotion on the field needs to be better. The execution needs to be better. And I've been assured from the head coach that it is in practice. Again, this is a very important point. There's nothing leaking out of practice. If they don't have good practices, I can just remember maybe one or two times going into the Titans game where they benched a couple offensive linemen. That wasn't a great week in practice, and they talked about it. Every other game I'm here on Monday, you don't hear anybody at a press conference say, man, we were just awful in practice this week. That's why we lost the game. Practice seems to be good. The meetings seem to be good. The coaching, okay, you know, coordinators, they're all, they're all right now under a spotlight, the coordinators, to kind of pick up their game. And hopefully it happens in Denver as we continue on. All right, let's keep it going here. Bobby, just hand that to me and I'll be good with it. Thank you very much. Uh, Hardcore Raider. In Colorado, you're up next on the flagship. Go ahead. Hey, JT. There's only four games that really matter. It's the Chiefs game and the Broncos game. If any uh, Raider fan that's a younger or newer Raider fan, 
they got to understand the importance of how much do- the donkey and donkey, what I call donkeyville here, how much they hate us. Going back to Mike Shanahan, um, Ed McCaffrey, uh-huh. Shannon Sharp, straight from the horse's mouth. Um, this fan base <laughs> hates us more than any other team. Yes. And we need to go in with that same tenacity. You know, it's cold right now. It's about 20 degrees here. we got a few inches of snow. It should melt by Sunday, but it's going to be a cold game. So, you know, uh, you know, I moved here about 13 years ago. I'm about an um, hour south of Denver. All my wife's fran- uh, family is uh, Broncos fans. And uh, every family outing, it's a, you know, it's a bloodbath. So, um, you know, uh, it's been nice that we've been on top of this uh, the last few years. But this rivalry, make no mistake, this game does matter. And it matters to them. I had a guy working for me that was uh, telling me how he was throwing snowballs at this uh, Raider player, and this oh. Raider player went up in the stands, and I was like, dude, that's Lincoln Kennedy. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you were part of that? And it just blew my mind. But, like, they hate us, and we hate them too. There's no other team I hate more than the damn donkeys. we got to go in there with that fight. Derek Carr's got to keep his arm warm because once that sun goes down – the game is going to be cold. They got to stay up and they got to stay warm, and we got to finish this thing like Raider Nation knows we can. Silver and black all the way. Let's go, Raiders. Yeah, thank you, man. These calls have been good today. You know, with Derek being ready to play, Derek's gone into Denver and won. Derek can win in Denver. Uh, the weather, matter of fact, I tweeted out at JT the Brick a couple hours ago. My buddies, I went to college in upstate New York, about an hour from Buffalo, a small school named Geneseo State University, a SUNY school, State University of New York, in the snow belt. So four years I was living in the snow belt, and I just despised the snow at the end. I go skiing every year. I take off time after the Super Bowl. I love skiing. I love being outside in the snow, but I don't like living in it. So my buddy sent me some pictures today that I tweeted out from Buffalo. You won't believe it. This is the biggest storm he remembers, and I think he's 58, 59. Biggest snowstorm he's ever seen in his neighborhood pre-Thanksgiving. So I was getting on them. You know, you want to play out in the snow, but obviously they can't play there. They can't get the workers to the game. Workers can't get from their homes to the game. Fans would. The Bills Mafia would be there. It's a huge game for Buffalo. We didn't spend a lot of time this week talking about these other games and what happened last night with Tennessee. Raider Nation, my wife reminded me because she came with us to Nashville. She said, oh, remember when we went to Nashville and the Titans didn't have a win? I go, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember, we were hanging out at all the Nashville bars, Kid Rock, Everybody thought, man, going to hold the Titans down. How'd that work out? Mike Vrabel has that team humming. Humming. They're a Super Bowl contender now, in my opinion. I'm not a big Tannehill guy, but he's knocking down wins. That's a big win for them. And then there's some important games coming up this weekend, obviously, because of Philly, the Giants, the Commanders in Dallas. The NFC East looks really good. And the 49ers got to love the fact that the Rams are down and the Rams are in really bad shape. The division is for the 49ers to catch Seattle and win that division. And I know there's a lot of Raider fans not rooting for the Niners. Eddie in Los Angeles. Eddie is up next. Eddie, thanks for calling in. What's happening? How you doing, JT? Thank you for taking my call. What this team needs to do to win this game is third down efficiency on offense. It needs to improve. We need to see this offensive line come out. Come out with an attitude. Come out pissed off. Come out wanting to take all their anger out on this donkey defense and point to see so Jacob can go in there and run it up their throat. That's what we need so the defense take off some pressure off the defense and the defense has to help out and get off the field. Again, third down efficiency, both sides of the ball. We need better play calling, not only on defense, mm-hmm. obviously it's hard with the players they got to get it, but on offense, we need to stop trying to take everything the top off the defense, play the middle of the field, Give some, get the ball out of Derek Carr's hand a lot faster, okay, and give Josh Jacobs 
all the, the rock, have them pound it, pound it, give it to them some more. That's what we need. Special teams, we need them to pin them deep. Just keep pinning those bad boys deep out there and let, and let Max Crosby eat up. And Chandler Jones isn't going to be there. Switch him out. Get him in there. Raider Nation, stay up, baby. All right, good phone call. Appreciate everybody who checked in in the first hour. I'll reset coming up in a little bit at the top of the hour. Also get the Raiders roundtable where I think Q is fantastic. A lot of people are going back to Q on social media. Wow, he's inside the building uh, doing some really good Raiders content and Lincoln Kennedy. That's some good content that we have. That's why we play it on Friday. Look forward to that. And then tonight I'm at the Virgin Hotel right here in town. Virgin Hotels hosting a podcast from 4 to 5.36, right around that time, Jeremy Anderson, the legendary UNLV Hall of Fame golfer. And Kevin, Kevin Ioli is going to join me, the great fame boxing writer. So we just have a long-form conversation. For those who are old enough, I used to say the Charlie Rose type of conversation, but I, you're not allowed to say his name again anymore, Bobby. He's in, he's, yes, he's been canceled. I used to love watching his show. He used to help me go to sleep at night back in the day when I did overnights. But uh, we do that, and then my wife and I, Thanks to our great friends at X's and O's of Success, my wife and I tonight are going to see her passion, Illinois basketball in Vegas. We got the good seats. This is my gift to her through my buddy Jay, of course, who listens. We're going with a bunch of friends. We're going to T-Mobile where I saw hockey last night. And I'm going back to see the Fighting Illini where my wife went to school. She went to college at the time where they fly in Illini with Nick Anderson was all there. So that's a passion of hers in life. Uh, Illinois basketball is her favorite thing in life other than the Cubs. And the Raiders. She, she, she married into the Raider Nation. She loves that too as a season ticket holder. But tonight's her night because friends are in town and she's excited to go. So we're looking forward to a good night there at T-Mobile Arena. And then next week, as we take a look at our schedule, everything moves up a bit. We're off on Thanksgiving for obvious reasons. So we'll have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to preview Seattle. I got great guests lined up already. The best sports talk host up there, Dave Softy Mahler, a couple other guests that I'm working on here from a Seattle perspective. You know, if you would have asked me before the season came out and the schedule came out, when the schedule came in, if you said, JT, name the one, you only get to pick one game. What's the one lock? Seattle. When the schedule came out, now you look at it completely different. They look really good. And, uh, yeah, and Bobby, one thing for you, because you did the Golden Knights game last night, so you listen to every second of audio as you're watching the game. Am I fair to say the best Golden Knights team we've ever had? I don't want to count. You can't say count, that without flurry, right? I don't want to count my kegs before they're tapped, but right. they're off to a very good start. Let's just say that. But other, you can't say the best Golden Knights team ever because Marc-Andre Fleury's not on it. And uh, he was there for, that. For, for several reasons, I wouldn't say the best ever. But, okay. I mean, Stone's playing a great game these days. Okay. You've got other players that are doing a really good job. Marshall is having a great year. Yes. You know, and you've got these two rookie goaltenders that are basically just holding up the side while um, yeah. Leonard's out. Uh, Petrangelo looks like he's five years younger. Mm. From last year, he looks like he's five years younger. Maybe not making the playoffs and having more time off. These guys are rejuvenated. They sure look good. How about the Raiders? How many Raiders are going to fight in this game? I hope all of them. How many are going to get activated here off IR in the next couple of weeks and want to play? At the highest level, hopefully all of them, and some of the young players who are going to get an opportunity here. No matter what happens, the Raiders have to win this game. They have to sweep Denver. It'll take a lot of noise and turn it down, and it'll all go to the Rocky Mountains right there in Denver.